you know, she's getting to those preteen years where she's trying to find her voice and her uniqueness, which is awesome. But oftentimes we collide because I tend also to be a perfectionist and I want things to be a certain way. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 401. And today is a special on-air coaching session about getting your child to do chores. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are new, hey, listen, if you haven't done so yet, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you get some value from this podcast or have ever, please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. It helps the podcast grow more. It just takes like 30 seconds. I hugely, hugely appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Raising Good Humans reader Paloma And she is the mom of a nine-year-old daughter who is kind of starting to act way too much like a teenager. Tempers have been running high, and she wants her daughter to contribute to chores. So I'm going to walk her through how to heal this relationship and get her daughter to help around the house using tools and methods from the Mindful Parenting course. Paloma wants to have more patience with her nine-year-old and wants to stop yelling and threatening her and taking away screen time and play dates. And we're going to talk about how to transition from that and what to expect. I know this episode is going to be super helpful, whether you have tweens like Paloma does or whether your children are little because you're going to learn so much about what to do now to have them help out more when later. So I'm so excited to have you join me for this. Let's dive in. Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method and you've taken bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. 
Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. Paloma, thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Um, Let's take a moment just to pause. Let's put both feet on the ground. Maybe rest our hands in our laps and just, if it supports you, close your eyes. And let's just take a deep, deep breath in. And a long, slow exhale. And then again, take another deep, deep, deep breath in. And slow down your exhale. And then just take a moment to just feel your breath come in and out, nothing to do. Breath in and out. And may this session be an offering of the heart from me to you and you to me and from both of us to our families, our communities, and to the world. Because as we create more peace in ourselves, we create more peace for everyone. And gently opening your eyes as you're ready. So glad you're here. Yay. I love doing an on-air coaching call. I'm excited to talk to you. And maybe first you could tell me just like uh, a little bit about yourself and your situation with your child. Sure. So my daughter is nine years old. Um, She's an only child. She's great. Very um, creative child. I think I'm mostly struggling because I am not a very much patient person. I'm very impatient. Um, you know, she's getting to those breathing years where she's trying to find her voice and her uniqueness, which is awesome. But oftentimes we collide because I tend also to be a perfectionist and I want things to be a certain way. And when she doesn't want to go with my flow, that's when things don't go too well. And, um, you know, since she was little, I also oftentimes raised my voice to her. But over the last, I will say, like a year and a half or so, I'm trying to change my ways. But a little late, she's screaming at me back. She's screaming back at me, even though I'm trying my best. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Well, we're going to get to the challenges in just a second. And are you single parenting? Are you parenting with a partner? Yeah, I'm with my husband, with her dad. Oh, and he's a great, he's a great guy. Most of the time, he's more conscious than me. And he tells me, you know, you expect her not to scream at you, but that's what you've been doing at her for a long time. So, and he's telling me you have to be more patient. I say, I know, I know. Okay. All right. And we're definitely going to, that sounds like that's good. That's great. You have more support than just you. We always feel good about that. And what are your wins? We always want to start with that. Like, what are something, what are some wins that you can just acknowledge? 
I've been doing, um, trying to learn a lot about conscious parenting over the last um, couple of years. I started with Dr. Shefali and, um, you know, she emphasizes a lot on meditation. But really when I started reading your book is when I kind of like clicked a little more for me. So I've been doing a lot of that more, more than before. Not a lot. You know, I'm not, I don't sit down for an hour. I sit down for at least 10 minutes in the morning. That's awesome. High five. Paloma, that's great. Good for you. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, and I do like more like guided meditations, but I know it helps. So, you know, I'm I'm feeling like I'm more calm myself, but still it takes a lot of effort for me to not like, you know, like get very frustrated <laughs> with her. <laughs> Like, for example, I want her to do help more around the house, you know, um, because she's not a baby anymore. She, she can help more. And in my mind, she should be helping more. But, you know, she doesn't want to. She wants um, to not to test her limits. She wants to test her boundaries, which I know is completely normal for a child her age. Yeah. When, when I get mostly more frustrated, I think. Okay, so so the wins are they that you've been like learning a lot. You're really educating yourself, which is so awesome. You've been reading Dr. Shafali. You've been reading Raising Good Humans. You're doing ten minutes of meditation a day. It's awesome. Good win. Good for you. Yay! You're you're building that. You know, sending blood flow to that prefrontal cortex area. That's really great, especially for someone who might be a yeller. Because I know I was. <laughs> I'm definitely like in that camp with you. So um, so I know how it helps enormously. And but it sounds like your daughter, she's nine. You want her to help around the house, but she also like, you know, she's nine. So she's you guys have been around the block for a little while. And when there's been frustration, you know, there's a tendency to raise your voice. And so now she's reflecting back to you what you've modeled for her right like that like yelling is kind of how you get your way this is a this is a warning lesson for everybody who has smaller younger children <laughs> like if you could go back in time and tell your younger self right okay and that's got to be incredibly frustrating because you're probably feeling like oh god what do i do now like she's nine like this is these habits are pretty strong at this point Yes, yes. I try sometimes to do what you recommended. I try to whisper when she starts yelling or I tell her why you screaming at me. You don't have to do that. You can call me, you know, when you need to tell me. But of course, her brain is still developing, so she doesn't understand that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't have that impulse control yet that um, is really only developed like in their early 20s, right? Um, okay. So the challenge, one of the challenges you're having with her is that you want her to help around the house. What, um, tell me more about that. Like what kind of chores are you wanting? Is, is she doing what, what do you want her to do? And how are those conversations going? I'm giving her simple things, nothing crazy for a nine-year-old. Like she can help me build the floor in the main area or help me feed the cats. We have three cats and she loves them or help me clean up. Their boxes, you know, all very thing simple, nothing crazy. And most of the time she's like, no, I'll do it later. Or no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> then I try to tell, okay, if you don't want to do it, 
no play day with your friend. And then she gets frustrated and she starts screaming or goes to the room, her room and shuts the door. And then I'm like, how do I get her to learn to cooperate, you know, and uh, know that we are a team? It's not just me or her dad doing everything like, you know, she can help around more. That's incredibly frustrating because you know that she needs those skills, right? She needs life skills. Not only, you know, do you need help around the house, but also she needs life skills and things like that. Exactly. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Okay, so I'm hearing like uh, we've got we've got the challenge of her and the chores, but then we've also got the challenge of like the relationship kind of overall. And you're you were saying your your patience and perfectionism and things like that. So um, I want to take a moment to kind of take chores that ch- challenge because I think we can talk about that in a second and kind of look at like just you know yourself and your relationship with your daughter kind of as it's gone along. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, is this for me, my temper came from my family and it was just very normalized in my family. My father had a lot of rage and would spank me and stuff, too. Um, and that same for you. Yeah, my dad, too. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. A lot of rain, a lot of screaming. Not my mom, mostly my dad. Okay. And what was your relationship like with him when you were tween and a teen? I remember I really, like, I would get frustrated and really scream at him. Like, the whole neighborhood would know it. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, did it ever heal? Did you ever heal your relationship with him? Yes. Yes. I'm in my good place with him now. I have a lot of compassion for him because I know that is, he didn't do it on purpose. It's something that he learned from his mom. So it's not his fault that, you know, he did the best he could with what he knew, which I know his best was not the ideal. Um, it's not what we want. But it wasn't his fault. You can see that. No, no. Um, I love him dearly and I I feel, yeah, I, I feel bad the way, you know, he was raised. Yeah, I feel a lot of compassion for him and a lot of, a little bit of pity. I pity, you know. So I, I, I hold no grudges with him because, you know, he's in a different stage in his life now. He's a very, he's a very kind grandfather and even daughter because I explained to her why I'm like I am like it came from him and she was like she was like puzzled she was like what he's such a kind guy really (laughs) oh okay well that's that's wonderful that you have that perspective and that you can see that you can see that his suffering and see how it led to your own and and it's really really lovely to kind of move beyond that like blame and to really see that because it just helps you going to help you so much more. And so it sounds like you've talked to your daughter a little bit too about like your own challenges with your temper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I apologize to her. I try most of the time now. So I try for her to understand that it's not her fault, that if I get mad and frustrated, um, it's definitely not her fault. But I think about one win, um, Something I've been trying to do is tell her, mommy loves you when you scream, mommy loves you when you're quiet, mommy loves you when you're sad, mommy loves you when you're happy. When it's, I know it's getting into her brain because the other day she told me, mommy, I love you even if you yell at me. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was just so, so sweet. <laughs> you know, she's a child. She's very feisty, but she's sweet. You're shifting together. It sounds like the apple's not falling super far from the tree here, I'm guessing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you, and in fact, you said you're like a fitness professional, right? Like you have like some energy you got to burn. Is that, is that true for you? <laughs> yeah, I teach wall glass. So I try to be mindful as, you know, meditation is helping Trying to understand, I come from like the yoga fitness, so I'm trying to shift things a little and make it more like a mindful, you know, like more like the traditional yoga world. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think both can help. Like, it's nice to have yoga to like burn off some energy and it's nice to have yoga that's like really more calming and centering and things like that. So some things I'm hearing that are really good for you are like that you have all this awareness and that you're talking, you, you're talking to your daughter, you're sharing kind of what's happening with her. Because I think that what I, I would encourage for you, because especially because she's so much older now, she's nine, she has these habits. But the truth is like, sure, it would have been amazing 
to have like been able to do all this legwork when she's like one, you know, whatever. But that doesn't matter. Like we start when we start. Right. And it's never too late to heal a relationship. And I think that's, you know, even if she was 24, like it wouldn't matter. Right. It's never, never too late to heal a relationship. And that's kind of what we want to think about here with this is like what I'm here is that she's rebelling against not against you, but she's rebelling against the strategies that you've used just because they're the strategies in our culture and in your own upbringing and all of those things. It's not your fault. It's not like you were like, oh, I think I'm going to just like, you know, threats and yelling are like, this is the way to go. You know, it wasn't like this is the water we are swimming in. So this is what happens. Like when we use power, when we use threats and we, we yell and that scares our kids and stuff, eventually they yell back at us, threaten back at us. And our power runs out, too, as we start to get to be, they start to get to be your child's age. Like we can, you know, there's only, you know, you have to escalate those threats and it becomes, it's like painful. Like you don't want to do that. And you know, it hurts the relationship and all of those things. So she's in this place where she's asserting her autonomy and, you know, all these things, they cause resistance, right? Ultimately, it's like it's like she doesn't want to cooperate with you intrinsically because she has a habit of resistance. When we yell and we use threats like our kids, it kind of puts them into fight, flight or freeze. And so fight, you know, I'm going to fight back at you or I'm going to flight. I'm going to go to my room and slam the door or like I freeze. And sometimes then they flip into submit. Right. So it's either fight or flight or it's like submit. And either way is not like great. We want we want our kids to cooperate because they want to, right? So she's like a train going 90 miles an hour in the direction of resistance <laughs> to you. And you not only it's gonna take some time because not only has this train got to slow down, it's gotta stop, and then it's gotta turn around. And there's a lot of momentum. It's gonna take some time because not only has this train got to slow down. It's got to stop and then it's got to turn around and there's a lot of momentum. So we just want to like acknowledge that because you might be able to change and shift your ways faster than it's going to take for you to see like results in your daughter. But it still doesn't matter. It's never too late to change. We just want to acknowledge that there's going to be these challenges. Does that feel like daunting as I say that to you? What comes up for you as I say that to you? Um. Yeah, I just, I know that sometimes you just got to go with the flow and her flow is like she wants to resist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, the other day she did something that really amazed me. I mean, for a long time and I stopped because I gave up for, for a long time. I was like, you have to clean up your room. You have to clean up your room. And then the other day out of the blue without anybody telling her anything, she cleaned up her room and I was like, <laughs> the angels are singing yeah so sometimes you just gotta and just you gotta choose your battles you know is this battle worth it like I, I was talking to a nice friend the other day and she said you know there's certain things that there's it's no point about fighting for because that's really not essential but other things yes like she has to trust you and tells you Tell you the truth, even the, even if the truth is, you know, something that you're not going to like. Yeah, I think that's really important to recognize. Like, 
as we talk about like kind of solving problems with your daughter, we want to think about, I was thinking about solving, we want to resolve problems based on needs. And that goes to the idea of picking your battles, although that's not my favorite metaphor because I don't like a, a war metaphor between parents and children. But the idea that do you really need her room to be clean or can you just close the door, right? Like, is that even matter? I don't say hard, that doesn't solve. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, you just close the door because really it's not impinging on your needs at all, right? Is it, is it impinging on you getting going about your day or no, none of that, right? So that's, that's good. So one of the things I wanted to, why I wanted to talk about you and her, her relationship before we talk about the chores is that because she's going to be in the habit of resistance, your relationship, like all relationships are like a bank account, right? Like you need to put in a lot more deposits before you make any withdrawals, right? And there's research that shows that like we need, you know, humans in general just need like five or so positive interactions for every negative one, right? Because that's just kind of how relationships work, right? If you were with a a partner or spouse and you you had a whole bunch of negative relationships and interactions and one positive, you would just be not, you know, you'd be reconsidering. So it's the same with our kids, like any relationship. We want to be able to be putting those deposits into that bank account before we withdraw. And so right now your bank account's in a debit. You've got relationship debt. So if you think about that, right, if you wanted to, if like you were in a space with your husband and things had been kind of bad for a while, like what would you do to kind of get yourselves back on better footing and together more? Change, change perspective, do something different. And you might make sure you have like a date night, right? You might, you know, just some of those things. You would invest in the relationship. You would invest some time and energy and and stuff in the relationship. And so I think that this is the idea of like kind of connect before you correct. Like you need to connect with your daughter, not on a like a role to role level, but on a soul to soul level. Like on a I'm connecting with you and I'm interested in you and your life because really she's at the cusp of that time, you know, and when they're little, they're all like, mommy, mommy, mommy. You know, give it. they want the attention so desperately. And you're transitioning into the phase where they're like, you you're lucky if they talk to you, right? So I would encourage you to to date your daughter, like to put some intentional time into the relationship where you are finding things to do that you could do together. Actually, in Raising Good Humans Every Day, I have a whole list of date ideas. I, I don't I can't pull it up right now. I don't have it printed on me, but um that's the next one. But what do you what can you think of if I if I throw out that idea of dating your daughter, what are some things that come to mind for you that you could do together? I've been thinking about that because I've been thinking like I need more connection with her. And there's some things that she loves doing, but I have no interest in like video games or yeah, like video games or Legos or things like that or playing cards. So I'm thinking like I have to make an effort and um, even if I'm not really truly, you know, genuinely interested, like just make an effort to like, do it with her even even if it's not something that I enjoy fully. Yeah, it's not totally your thing. You gotta meet her in her world right now. Okay, so video games, playing cards and Legos. Out of those, which is your uh, the least icky? <laughs> uh, cards. I'll beat the cards. <laughs> well, the other day we kind of play on the way home 
you know, she had the cards with her. We walked from the bus stop home and we played cards. And uh, something that we've been doing is also it's at nighttime. I don't know if she's kind of like regressing a little. Like she wants me to go in bed with her and I do. I go with her and she wants to play with her stuffings. And so we do that. And um, she's been loving that I kind of make funny voices with one of her stuffies. So yeah, that I enjoy fully. So I'm good with doing that. So I think I have to like maybe make an effort to, instead of that being ha- 10 minutes before, maybe half hour before bedtime. So we can. I mean, yeah, you don't have to go crazy. But I think that, like, yeah, that sounds like a really nice connecting moment with her. And yeah, maybe playing cards and just thinking about, like, wanting to put those. Yeah, just I would encourage you to just be intentional about trying to make those times of connection. And, you know, and then tell her, like, when you do the stuffies and you snuggle in bed, like, it feels so good. You know, it feels so good in my heart to connect with you or whatever you might say. Yeah, I tell her. You know, when we do that, I tell her this is my favorite part of my day. Mm. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And that is probably like helping her. So that's great. Yeah. So I would encourage you to do that. Like look for those moments of connection, you know, play the cards, do the stuffies and even um, and even like try to kind of catch her in good moments or like because, you know, our brains are like Velcro for negative things. Like try to just appreciate the things that when she does help right like appreciate it like you know hey thank you so much for doing x that made my life easier i really appreciate it right okay there uh yeah when she did her when you she fixed her bed i didn't say because i heard that it's not good to say you're a good girl so i told her i'm very impressed i'm happy for you because this is, I know this is going to help you feel better when you see things organized and clean around you. So I'm, I'm very excited for you. I told her that. That's great. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, because like saying you're a good girl, it's like judgment, right? And just saying like, oh, I bet that feels good to have a nice, neat room. Yeah, that might be good. Or, yeah, sometimes when my kids come home and they they tell me like, I got a good grade or something like that, I'll be like, oh, that's awesome. I'll say, I bet that felt feels great, you know? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, it actually does, you know, like, okay. And I'm like, okay, great. So those are great. Those are great ways. And just keep an eye out for different ways to kind of water her flowers. Think about that way. Like she's a bud. You want to water her positive seeds. So just think it, look for ways for that. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcast right after this break. everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. 
let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Okay, let's get to the the challenging part then, the like chores around the house. <laughs> so the thing with chores around the house is that um, we want to make it like, we want to invite our kids into it, right? Like we want to make it not something that's like super painful, but it's hard because it's chores because they're kind of painful anyway. So I would encourage you to like, Find a time with your daughter and your husband where you can talk about the jobs around the house and say, listen, we're going to talk about the jobs around the house. Maybe like have some fresh baked chocolate chip cookies or something like nice, like while you do it and just say, listen, we're going to make sure everybody can give their input and we're going to make sure everybody can get their needs met. Okay, so this we're basically I'm going to talk you through a little bit of a win win problem solving because you want to make sure you want to make sure that she gets her needs met, you get your needs met, your husband gets his needs met, right? And so with chores, a really nice way to do it that I encourage is to like think about like almost take like a sticky note or write down all the chores on like a piece of paper and like cut them out like little pieces of paper, like doing the cat litter, you know, whatever, whatever sweeping the bedroom, things like that. And if you have all all these little pieces of paper with the jobs on it, what's nice about that is that then you could like put them in different places. So what I would encourage you to do is you get get like a piece of paper, divide it in three, write you, Paloma, write your husband, write your daughter's name, and then just say, okay, so right now this is the way the chores are. Like, and you'll put all the chores and show who's doing what. And it'll be overwhelmingly you and your husband probably, right? If you did that, can, if you, can you imagine it would be? Yeah, it would be overwhelming. Yeah, mostly me, some him, and nothing her. Okay, all right. See, and what you want to say here is you need to give like an I message about how this is like affecting you, right? So when you talk about an I message, you know, uh, Thomas Gordon talks about a three-part I message. You want to talk about what it is, how it affects you, and how you feel. So you could say like something like. When all the chores are on me, or the majority of the chores are on me, how does it make you feel, Paloma? Overwhelmed. Okay. And how does it affect your day? Um, well, because I feel overwhelmed and sometimes I'm like I'm rushing or stressed out. Okay, rushing. Yeah, and the stressed out is great because 
when we think about we want to share with our kids the concrete, tangible effects or consequences of the actions, right, on you. And stress is a really a concrete, tangible effect because what is stress? It's the tightening of the muscles. It's a raising of the heart rate. It's all of those things. So when you f- are feel stressed, how does it affect your body? I feel like neck pain or back pain. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when most of the chores are on me, I feel so overwhelmed. And then I have to rush and I feel this, the, the stress causes neck pain and back pain for me. It's, it's getting too much. Okay. So you're going to give this message. Um, you want to practice it for me? Yes. So, right. So because I feel like I'm doing everything almost every day, I feel stressed. I feel rushed. I feel like it's a little bit not fair. And um, I feel then back pain or neck pain because of the overwhelming. Yeah. That's great. I would just say like, just say it very, just simply and directly when most of the chores are on me. Don't say I feel, you know, just when most of the chores are on me, this is how it affects me. You did a great job with that. That's That was great. So you're going to give that message and then you're going to say, okay, so I'd really like us to figure out a way to do this more fairly. And I'd, I'd love, I want your help. You know, it, I want it, us to divide these fairly. So here are, all, you know, here are all the jobs. What would you like to take? What can you take on? And you can like look through the list together. And what's nice about this is you, rather than you saying to your daughter, you have to do X, Y, and Z because you've thought about it and you figure these are the best starter chores for her or whatever. She can decide what chores are good for her, right? And you guys can talk about this together. And it's the idea of giving her that agency to choose. And when she chooses, like she has some buy-in and you're inviting them to help you and you're asking for their help, but you're asking, you know, and you're just being very honest and transparent about this is like the way things are right now. It's not me needing my needs because of the stress and the rushing and the overwhelm. I need your help. How do you imagine this landing with your family? I think, yes, if I love the idea of letting her, like telling her exactly why I want her help. So I think she will connect with that in her brain. And I think letting her kind of like choose, <laughs> letting her choose, um, she will like that. Even if she chooses something, I think she might choose something that I don't think is up, you know, appropriate. Like she might choose to do the dishes. Okay. Even a try. I'm sure I'm sure and I can see it <laughs> that she's gonna be like, oh no, 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 I'll go clean clean the cat later. <laughs> Because it's a more simple task. But I'll let her choose, okay? Go ahead, choose, so then she can experience it herself. Yeah, that would be great. And then what's nice about this is, like, say she just chooses, okay, I'm going to, like, I'm going to clean my room. And she's like, it's not enough. You know, you can say, hey, does this look fair? You know, well, we can arrange, you know, let's put all the jobs. Is is fair now that the jobs are, like, in... And uh, and you can be a conversation together. And the idea is you want to make this conversation not judgmental, but just very much like on a human to human level, what I need versus what you need and things like that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that doing it as a family, the three of us. Yeah, yeah maybe even your husband. 
start doing some other other things. Um, now, he does a lot of things that most men don't do. He cooks, he does his laundry, so <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, good. Good, 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 good. I know. I could have never imagined doing someone else's, like in my house, everyone does their own laundry. And that's why, and I just could never imagine doing some, all of some other. No, yeah, a lot of women do, and men do all of it. I know, all of it. Some people like it. I mean, that's okay. So you said earlier that you're a perfectionist. Now, one of the challenges for you, as you say you come to agreement, and then you want to write down what you guys agree. Okay, so you agree to do this and this, this many times a week. Okay. And I agree to do this and this and this. Okay, and we'll we'll write it down. One of the keys here is that you want to set then a date, like a week or two in the future to check on it. Like, we'll just, we'll set a time. We'll all make it nice again. I'll I'll go for ice cream. (laughs) I'll get Ben and Jerry's. And we'll all, and we're going to check on how our problem solving is gone. Okay. And just check in to make sure everybody's, it's meeting everybody's needs. And one of your needs is for fairness, right? So that's that's totally fine. So yeah, so you want to check on it. And then the challenge for you might be, say she chooses to do the dishes or whatever, things like that, is to notice the perfectionism. Do you think it might interfere there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that happen. I can see when like, no, she should not do the dishes because I know she's not going to do all of them or she's going to do half and then the other half for me. <laughs> Yeah, I can see my brain going that way. <laughs> and it might be true. Like, maybe she does leave half the dishes for you. So that's why you want to set a time, maybe in a week or so, to check on the win-win problem-solving results and to say, okay, well, I really appreciate that you wanted to do the dishes. It hasn't been working out so well for me because I've I've had to come in and do the other half. So going along. So this isn't really meeting my need for fairness. Like, what can we do about this? And just inviting that conversation. So that's why you want to have like, okay, next week we're going to check on this. But in the meantime, your job, Paloma, is to practice not reacting, practice tame the perfectionism, you know, practice like biting your tongue, all of that stuff, right? Like, and sometimes it's like hard as like, you know, like, yeah, it can be really hard. It's like trying to like stop your pee midstream. <laughs> practice, but it's possible. Yeah, well, but I, I think I'll be practicing a little already with her fashion choices. <laughs> because now she's been on these roles for, I think, more dream. She wants to choose her clothes. So first I was really very resistant and now I'm just like, Hey, let's be thankful that she wants to be independent and that she's choosing her clothes and it's not like other kids that the mom still has to choose. Even though I don't agree with the color combinations or choices. So, yeah. you're So you're practicing biting your tongue. That's good. And yeah, in that department. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting with like teens and preteens these days, like with things like some of those things that like things like clothes and even some things like makeup and things like that. It's interesting. I've noticed for some kids is a whole different thing than it was for maybe me and and my friends when we were young, where it's like more about self-expression than it is about like looking older and like a sexy young person or something. 
the, also the culture and the environment. I grew up in a very different culture and environment, so it was not about self-expression, it was about looking good and make sure your hair is okay or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so how do you see this like win-win problem-solving session going for you? Can you imagine a time where you guys can sit down and do this? Yes. Yeah, I think we can set a time like in the weekend will work good. And I love your idea about checking the future because we have actually done something similar already where uh, she takes karate classes and she had a very nice cheat where they will give her like a little prize and she will put, but then she started cheating on the list. And it's because we didn't do like a follow-up, you know, kind of thing to work with her and tell her, okay, are we all sticking to the plan? We we never did that. So I think that's what we have to, yeah. So thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And what your practice going to be is to do also is you're going to really practice refrain from yelling as best you can. Like I have tools in raising good humans that, so you, you know, you can make that list. And you're going to practice to refrain from using your threats because you want to, as best you can, avoid it. You know, go for 80% skillful means, you know, as best you can. Because when you use that power, um, you are going to undermine your influence. And she's really getting to the age where you want her to be able to talk to you, right? You want her, you want to listen so she'll talk to you. You want to you want to be able to be that person she goes to that she is not like all in a resistant battle with. You want to be that person more in the teen years than than ever before because that's when they really need like that stable foundation and that available person to be able to talk to because the problems get bigger and deeper and more challenging, right? So these little things, these little things are are not going to be as important as the relationship itself is going to be, you know, putting those deposits in the relationship bank account is going to be most important. So if you can refrain from using the threats and kind of give yourself time to step back and try not to make any decisions when you're in a heightened state because you don't have your whole brain on board, you're not using all your problem-solving ability, your impulse control, your verbal ability, right? Like with most things with her, it's going to be like you can be like, and right now I feel so frustrated that I need a break. Or if she's screaming at you, you're going to be like, this is too much for me. I need a break. And you're going to try to step out of situations like that and refrain from making those decisions and ultimatums and any of that stuff until you're like of calm mind and body. Does that sound like a a doable North Star to aim for? Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I, I don't want her to, you know, later when things get really more serious in her teenager years to not be able to trust me and come to me. So, yeah. That's great. And the way that you've been apologizing is super awesome because that's really great. It shows your humanity, your vulnerability, and that teaches her to do that as well. Um, that's really great as well. So high five. Okay. So we talked about your daughter. We talked about, you know, the challenges, the wins. We talked about sort of the overall challenges and then the chores challenge. For you, Paloma, what is your biggest takeaway from talking today? Yeah, I think the biggest one is when you mention like if you keep doing the tricks, you're actually going to diminish my power because it's going to, what I understood is like it's going to break our connection 
And I definitely want her to be able to keep trusting me, um, especially as she gets older, because things are going to get, you know, different challenges. She's going to get into being a teen, almost adult. And that's when things, you know, it can be more, more dangerous for them not to trust their mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love that takeaway. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your your experience with your family. I know it's going to help so many people that you've done that. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your time. And thank you so much for spreading this more, much, much important message to everybody. A lot of more parents and caregivers need to know about this. So I'm glad I can help a little. Yeah. Well, thank you for everything you're doing. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. To dive in further to this, you can always learn more about the Mindful Parenting Membership and the Mindful Parenting Teacher Training. So I do a membership where we offer lots of live coaching. We offer one-on-one coaching now for every single member who joins. And if you are serious about changing and learning how to change, and transforming your family if this is the place for you. So you can learn more at mindfulparentingcourse.com. You can get on the waitlist there. We'll invite you to a class to learn more about it, and maybe it will be for you. And if you love this podcast, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I want to thank Laura T.Y. for the five-star review on Apple Podcasts. She wrote, Amazing Helpful Conversations. I've been so grateful to find this podcast, she wrote. Each episode is full of applicable, helpful topics. You are my virtual mom tribe. Yay! So thank you so much, Laura. These reviews make a huge, huge difference. So please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. just takes 30 seconds. And let me know what your takeaways are on Instagram, at mindfulmamamentor. Let me know what you're getting from this. Is this honor coaching call helpful? Do you want more of these? Let me know. Just to let you know, we have applications for on-air coaching calls on my website at mindfulmamamentor.com. You can apply and maybe we'll talk on the air. Let me know, okay? All right, that's it, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. I'm wishing you a beautiful week, wishing you peace and joy and ease and less stress with your family and more joy, all that good stuff. And I will talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for listening. Namaste. I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, 
it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. mindfulparentingcourse.com When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.